Hi, I'm Johnny Reinhardt. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Meet the Makers podcast. In this show, we talk to the masters who create beer, wine, and spirits in Southwest Michigan to hear what inspires their craft. It's all part of the Makers Trail. You can learn all about the makers that are part of the Makers Trail at makerstrail.org and plan your route with the map available right at their website, makerstrail.org. And now it's time to meet the makers. Welcome to episode eight of Meet the Makers. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with Bill Walter, owner and operator of Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks. We find out some great history about the building that Journeyman is in and why they chose Three Oaks in Southwest Michigan to start their business. We also talked about the process of making these great spirits, and we got to try some of them too at Journeyman Distillery. Okay, let's get to it. So, so happy to be here. And this place is just. Uh, absolutely amazing! This, it really is. You gave us the uh, the, the three penny tour, the nickel tour, <laughs> and it still took half an hour because it's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got lost a few times. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit how this uh, how this all got started for you guys. Sure. Um, I guess for me, it kind of goes back to uh, to my trip to Scotland. I, I graduated from university in in the spring of two thousand. And uh, like a lot of young people, I uh, decided I didn't really want to get a real job. So I uh, applied for a a work visa in Scotland. I'd been there in 1995 with my dad for about five days. Wow. uh, And uh, kind of fell in love with the country just in that five-day time. Uh, So I thought if if I ever had an opportunity to go back to Scotland, I'd do it. I applied for the visa, got it, um, moved to St. Andrews, not really knowing anyone there. And... uh, basically got a job waiting tables in the evening and and uh i'm a big golfer so um if you know anything about st andrews it's where the game started Mm. and uh it's uh basically uh kind of a place that i I wanted to learn more about the history of the game and uh so i spent as much time playing golf as i could as well so you're you're in Scotland. You're on your work visa. You're playing golf, and you're learning about all the history of that. But another thing that's a big historical thing in Scotland is you know whiskey. 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 Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so how did you transfer from going being you know the golf guy to distilling? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the way I kind of equate it is when in Rome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's kind of a natural evolution. One thing was I was, you know, 22 years old. Sure. And there's a university in, in St. Andrews. So right. kind of quickly I became friends with some of the students. and um, uh, But, of course, I didn't have to go to class. So it was kind of the best of both worlds uh, where I got to kind of live that college lifestyle. And, right. But... Uh, uh, not go to class. Uh, I guess that's probably a lot <laughs> that's of people's the dream, college, right? That's uh, the dream, experience, yeah. right? So um, I think, uh, and then uh, long story short, there's a guy working at the bar there. His name was Greg Ramsey. Uh, Greg and I became quick friends, and uh, he was a golfer as well. But he was a master, a master of whiskey. Uh, so he and I kind of hit it off, uh, and. Um, about five years later, uh, Greg opened a small distillery in Tasmania. Okay. And uh, that kind of, when he said he was going to do this, it kind of opened my eyes. There weren't any real uh, small distilleries in the U.S. That, that movement hadn't occurred. And, um, you know, for me, I just, I didn't even know it was possible mm-hmm. uh, that you could open a small distillery. Mm. Uh, in America, you, know, you just knew about all the, the big ones. The big right, ones. yeah. Uh, so... Uh, that was kind of eye-opening. That was in 2006 when he opened his distillery. And uh, 
I guess I followed suit about four years later. So why Southwest Michigan? Why did this seem like the right place? Uh, You know, initially I'm from Valparaiso, Indiana, and initially we really looked heavily in Northwest Indiana. Yeah. Uh, And uh, but quickly found out that in Indiana at that time in 2010, uh, you could not start a craft distillery. Oh, so there's no law for it. Right. Uh, And and we really felt like uh, a huge component was the on-site element, which is you know, bottle sales, merchandise, cocktails, and later on for us, food. But like I said, in Indiana at the time, um, you, you couldn't have those elements. And I thought those were integral to um, you know, generating enough cash flow with on-site sales to keep your business going. Uh, so quickly, uh, and fortunately, I um, grew up on the state line here, mm-hmm. not far from Michigan. Uh, my uh, my mom's mom, my grandma, she she lived in, uh, in she's from Matawan. Okay. okay. And uh, and then my my dad's mom had a, a cabin in uh, in Jones, Michigan, yeah. not not far from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd spent a lot of time uh, in Southwest Michigan, right? And was very familiar with it, and uh, just thought, well, shoot, we'll go across the state line where Michigan was far more proactive with their uh, legislation. And, uh, and, and and we came across Three Oaks and uh, you kind of took that left turn off of, yeah. of Route 12 on yeah. the home yeah. and just almost instantly I had that light bulb moment where my eyes kind of just opened up and thought, well, this is a beautiful, charming little village, as yeah. they call it, and and thought, well, if there's if there is a building in town here where it might work, you know, this is this this is kind of like this is it. Yeah. And uh Fortunately, I came down Elm, turned on a Generations Drive here where the distillery is today, and, and this old factory building, which was once a corset, corset and buggy whip factory, um, had a for sale sign on it. Wow. And uh, I guess one thing led to another, and, and we were fortunate enough to, to acquire the building and, and start our business here uh, it's in like 2010. Fate. It is. Yeah. And, and the building is amazing. I can only imagine how overwhelming it was, though, when you walked in with this sort of small idea in mind and saw this enormous space. Yeah. it's really big. I looked at a lot, a lot of different locations, yeah. and uh, we wanted an old building that kind of told a story of, right. of its own. and. And the fact that this is an old corset and buggy whip factory is something that really people think is really cool. But also, uh, we renovated the old building, kind of brought it back to life, and um, and 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 people people love just seeing the building, yeah. Yeah. let alone the fact that we have a, a distillery here. Yeah, it's definitely part of the experience of. I mean, when you guys have you've you've grown so much just from uh, you know you were in one small section of the building and then it just started growing, growing, growing. And now you're almost running out of space. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you said, is that you, you made renovations that you could and well and needed to, but you wanted to keep that character because, like you said, that's what the part of the experience is yeah. seeing this building. And then obviously you have some uh, some great drinks along with it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 to that point, you know, we opened the cocktail bar almost uh, almost immediately and, and people enjoyed the cocktails and. Almost on day one, people asked, well, what do you have to eat? And uh, we didn't have anything to eat when we opened the doors. Uh, eventually kind of turned a employee kitchen into a um, into kind of a makeshift commercial kitchen uh, where we were doing kind of like small plate appetizer type things in the early days. And then that kind of evolved into to what we have today, which is Staymaker. Uh, and that's our full service restaurant that's a part of the distillery 
and and the term staymaker is is what uh, people referred to uh, people who make corsets back oh, in the, back okay. mid eighteen yeah. hundreds. So staymaker was someone who made a, made a corset. Right. Yeah. So did you have plans when you not only you took over this part of the building and then it just kind of grew? Did you have plans that it was going to get that big and that quickly? I mean, uh, I think the the strategy was uh, let's focus on our quality of product. Right. Uh, so. Uh, we really focused hard on our production uh, part of the of the equation, making the spirits. Uh, everything that we serve at our bar is made from scratch here on site at our at our in our production facility. Uh, I think there was some idea that if things went well, we would turn the upstairs into an event space. Sure. And the restaurant, uh, which can't open in October of 2015, was something that actually I was really opposed to. I spent three years working in the restaurant business, uh, uh, basically uh, from 2008 through mm-hmm. through part of 2010 with the idea that I was going to open a restaurant. And three years working uh, in a very successful restaurant in Chicago, I learned a lot. But at the end of those three years, I said, you there's no way do I'm a restaurant. <laughs> and, and sure enough, here we sit today with yeah. a, with a you know 160-seat restaurant. Uh, that's that's a big part of the distillery now. And I, I think I've, I've, I've kind of got you know that in my blood. Right. Uh, and for better or worse. Uh, and, and I love the hospitality industry. I love providing experiences for people uh, where they, they hopefully walk away uh, wowed. And uh, the restaurant, obviously, is, is a pretty integral part of what we're doing here now. Well, speaking of WOWD, um, I love the event space so much. I'm trying to think <laughs> of an event I could have just so I could use it. So how long has that been there? Uh, well, we've been doing events on site here and on the main level uh, on the journeyman side uh, since probably 2012. Okay. Uh, receptions, corporate events, mm-hmm. things like that, uh, w- mainly wedding focus generally. Uh, but the upstairs space, which is what you're referring to, is uh, we call it Warren Hall, and and it can it can seat up to 500 people, and uh, we opened that in October 2015 as well, along with with the restaurant, and uh, uh, we've we've really just been booked ever since. Uh, the the space is really unique. Uh, it's 8,000 square feet. You don't see uh, that kind of space in Southwest Michigan mm-hmm. with. You know, old wood floors, brick walls, just kind of it's a it's really, I think, stunning space. And and uh, and and we've been fortunate that the people have been attracted to it. And you said there's going to be on site catering coming soon. Yeah. So we just finished our catering kitchen Uh, to date. All events have been catered by off site uh, uh, companies. And uh, so we decided uh, to kind of extend it one step further. And and we feel like. Certainly no disrespect to the catering companies, which I think did a very good job. Uh, but off-site catering is pretty challenging. Yeah. Uh, Indeed. And uh, with an on-site facility, we thought we could get a higher quality product to our customer. Sure. Uh, and you get the full experience that you're offering. Exactly. Yeah. And we're using spirits so much in our cooking. Uh, we're, For instance, our pizza crusts in the restaurant... Um, it's our rye mash bill and our bourbon mash bill. So you get to pick between the two. And, and we actually mill the grain on site the same way we would our whiskey. That's so cool. uh, So we're really trying to incorporate, you know, for instance, our gin botanicals are used in, in some of our different food items. And 
uh, we're using those same elements in the cooking for our for our uh, catering operation. That's really cool. And you, like you've said, you really care about the quality. And uh, you know, even just from your grains, you're getting them somewhat from local places, but also they're organic. And you said they're kosher as well, right? That's right. Um, that that was a big part of our um, of our. Uh, business model really I mean and it was probably one of the easier decisions that I made uh, early on uh, I, I believe in the organic movement uh, I believe that it does provide a higher quality product and and maybe even as important as those things is that most of the uh, grain we're buying is from uh, you know family owned farms typically when it comes to organics it's usually smaller farms right. so I figure when we're writing checks for our for our grain it's nice that they're going to uh, that type of operation which exactly. is very similar to ours which is family owned and and uh, family operated so uh, you know, the organic aspect um, has grown from the standpoint that uh, there's even local farms here in Three Oaks mm -hmm. That started growing grain for us. Um, That's great. Knowing that 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 we we buy it from them, so it's it's kind of grown locally, but also um, we're buying grain from uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, and, and Michigan. We're talking with uh, Bill Welter uh, for the Meet the Makers podcast from uh, Journeyman Distillery. And, you know, this place has grown uh, quite a lot. And what's cool is that when you took us on our tour and then when you take people on tours all the time, is you kind of walk them through, like, the timeline of how this place all got started. Of This is where we started. Now we're going to go into this room where this was our <laughs> <Yeah>. first <laughs> copper still. And then it sort of ends up in, like, the newer areas and the, the uh, what... What's it called again? What's the the giant one? Yeah, the, so we have three stills on the property, and and the largest and and most recent still we call it Ethel. Ethel, and uh, <laughs> our customers name that uh, still. We had a still naming competition, and uh, actually, there's a gentleman out of Texas that came up with that, and and uh, we, I think we awarded him some Notre Dame tickets oh, and, and a night at, at our. We call it the flat. It's at the end of the factory building here, and it's um it's a uh, basically a kind of a luxury home that sleeps about 20 people wow. and uh, a lot of our wedding parties will rent that for, for the wedding events uh, but yeah the three stills are Ethel uh, Willy Wonka uh, was our original still that uh, uh, was also named by our customers just kind of out of seeing it, people said it looked like something out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so that name stuck. And then uh, my friend Greg, who in is in Tasmania and, and built this uh, distillery, um, we name our third still after after Tasmania. We call it Tazzy, and we do all of our gin on the on the Tazzy still. Even That's just cool. looking at the stills, it's a fun experience in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, I, it really is like something out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I guess we're we're making adult candy here. <laughs> Ethel reminds me of like a submarine or something like a like an old fashioned wetsuit or like yeah. a, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of those like suits. It's cool. It so. is a really cool thing, um, and this is just it's it's a really cool uh, experience as well because uh you know in this area in southwest michigan there aren't that many distillers really sure so aren't. in southwest michigan the big boom has been uh, a lot of breweries that's um, right uh and, and we're the only standalone distillery in southwest michigan uh some of the wineries are, are distilling some of their fruits mm -hmm. uh for for brandies uh, and and some various other products sure. that they're distilling but for the most part uh we're, we're doing grain, mm -hmm. and um, as I mentioned, we're the only standalone distillery. And I think, you know, 
I think it's kind of an attraction from that standpoint sure. as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm, t- I'm been sampling some cocktails over here because my life is really tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and loving them. Is this the Gimlet? Can you That's tell me a little bit about gimlet. this? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, uh, we, we try our, our cocktail program is very similar to our distilled spirits uh, production where we're using all fresh juices, uh, homemade syrups, and uh, all, the, all the cocktails are made with, of course, spirits that, that we've distilled. Uh, the, the lavender gin yeah. gimlet is um, it's right up there. It's in our, in our in our top three or four best sellers. And um, what we do is we macerate lavender into the gin, uh, and then um, we use a little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of simple sugar, and uh, voila! Yeah, it's your, really tasty. Your, I don't want to give away all the secrets, <laughs> yeah. but uh, then uh, you know, a, a lot of people like the whiskey just neat or on the rocks. So we we serve the the product that way as well and and um, we've got a lot of cool cocktails as well that definitely well the Moscow Mule is frozen I don't think I've ever had a, a slushy Moscow Mule before but I'm liking it yeah that's a huge hit in the summer um, the Moscow Mule is our is our number one seller okay. which is a little bit of lime juice some simple syrup our red arrow vodka and and topped with ginger beer and then we uh, we 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 serve it uh, both on the rocks and frozen during the summer. And this one is the blood pressure with the yeah. uh, bourbon over the ice cube. Yeah, so we yeah. took our featherbone bourbon, we smoked it a little bit, uh, so we're imparting almost like kind of this rich smokiness to the bourbon. And then we have a special ice cube there that releases some sweetness into the into the cocktail as it starts to dilute and melt. Uh, so there's kind of an evolution of that cocktail, whereas. As the uh, ice cube is is melting, uh, the cocktail is changing with it. Yeah, and, I love and it. Becoming a little bit sweeter. very smooth as well. I mean, I'm not a huge bourbon drinker, but this is really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is just uh, a definitely an experience. Um, but you know, before these. Uh, spirits hit the glass and you come up with all these cocktails um it all starts somewhere so you've got the copper stills but i think one of the coolest experiences i've had uh in in all of the uh meet the makers podcasts is that we get to like taste it before it's even yeah that was like felt kind of like we're getting away with something yeah yeah Yeah, so um that that's one really awesome thing and and I should should mention this if, if people uh, would like to tour our facility we do offer tours and you can sign up for those on our website and I mean if you get on uh, you know Yelp and, yeah. and and all the social uh, networks where you can review the distillery I think one thing you'll find on the, on those sites is that people love the, the tours and they find that it's a really great value uh, from the standpoint that you get to tour the whole facility uh, you get to uh, try product coming off the still, mm-hmm. uh, which is is unique. Right. And uh, at the end of the tour, uh, our tour guests get to try all of our products. So we have, I've lost track on the tour. I think there's 15 or 16 products you can try right. at the end of the distillation or at the end of the tour. Uh, one really cool thing, of course, as you guys experience is that when you try spirit off the still, you're kind of getting to see it yeah. on day one when it's just a, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a, a baby and then it goes right. in a barrel and, and of course, eventually matures into, uh, into our final products. Yeah, it's a really neat thing to experience it. I've never tasted anything like that before, but uh, like you were saying with uh, being off track on trying to figure out how many different spirits you get to try. I think every time I've been on the tour, I've lost track because this place is so 
huge, and we've tried so many different things. And like, oh, this is where we make the gin and try right. the gin. And then we get <laughs> right. to the end, and it's like, yeah. who wants to try this? And I'm like, well, I want to because everything that I've had, uh, even just from straight out of the bottle, not even made into a cocktail, is delicious. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's something that obviously we've put a lot of pride and and. Uh, hard work and effort in, into everything that we do around here and, and hope that the quality shows through and and I, uh, you know we, I think we've got 65 different people working here right now and I think everyone's you know carrying that s- same kind of pride and excitement for the product whatever it is that we're doing whether it's the food or the drinks yeah. or the cocktails or, or our production process it's really cool because uh, you, like you were saying when you guys first started not even that many years ago there was like like what handful of you yeah 2010 so yeah I, I love to tell that story I'm really proud of the fact that we started this business my wife and I uh, and we have three other employees. Uh, we had a part-time bookkeeper. I think Christy was working maybe 15 hours a week. Uh, we have one bartender who was w- working Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, and that was, that was Matt. And, uh, and then Doug, who uh, is an electrician, uh, was doing a lot of the electrical work on, on the renovations that we did in the building. And I convinced him somehow to, to take less money than he was making at the time to stick around with me and, and get this uh, production facility up and running. And um, uh, four of the five of us are still here. Uh, Matt was actually traveling in just for the weekends. He lived in Chicago. And as you'd imagine, that became a little bit too rigorous. Yeah. Sure. But we're proud of the fact, too, he's he's running the bar program at Soho House in Chicago. And he nice. started his bartending career here. So right. he took it a long ways. And, and I think uh, hopefully we provided a good foundation for him to kind of continue his career in bartending. Now, you have a, a young daughter as well. And one of the things you guys did, uh, not only when you opened, before you opened this place, uh, is you put some uh, whiskey in a barrel, but also when she was, what, when she was born? Right around that yep. time, you, you have some whiskey that's in a barrel and still over. We just walked past it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no doubt that the, the number one uh, advantage to owning your own business and, and maybe one of the few advantages of owning your own business is that, um, you know, my daughter is oftentimes running around the distillery here. So that's great for dad and, and uh, great for me to be able to spend more time with her. But um, she has her own barrel, uh, I think. Uh, for the most part, other than uh, a, a couple of exceptions, she's she's the only one, or she's let's yeah. say she's the only four year old with right. her own barrel whiskey. <laughs> uh, so so Isla was born in uh, July nineteenth, two thousand twelve, and a couple of weeks after that, we put some rye whiskey in barrel for her, uh, with the idea that when she's twenty one, she can she can have that whiskey. And uh, she's going to make a lot of friends. Yeah, I know. It's going to be yeah. pretty valuable. I mean, a 21 yeah. year old whiskey. We'll be locking this distillery yeah. up very tight when she turns about 15, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we hope there's something left in that barrel when she's she like, turns 21. I got 21. my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, she's very proud of the fact that's her barrel. And, and she likes to let people know. And we're proud of it, too. I mean, it's, it's kind of a point of interest on the tour. Yeah. It's definitely. Uh, and this is just a, a really cool experience. And uh, everybody needs to experience. Uh, this whole thing of coming down to Journeyman in Three Oaks and just w- take the tour. Uh, Bill, where can we find information about like the tour and like if people want to have a wedding in one of the venues or yeah, anything like that? Where can we find that? Uh, well, of course, we've got a website, journeymandistillery.com. Uh, we're uh, you know, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, uh, Lindsay Ellis is our um, uh, wedding planner, and she can be reached at lindsay at journeymendistillery.com. Uh, she does a great job for us. Uh, 
really I think she's got 101 weddings on the books wow. this year and she's our she's our one and only wedding planner and she's just she kicks butt uh uh, we do a lot of like smaller corporate events. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can dine next to the still, next to Ethel. Uh, we call that a still side experience. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we've got a lot of spaces in the building. We're doing different events at, all the time. With uh, you know, Whirlpool comes down quite a bit. Some pharmaceutical companies, medical device uh, companies that want to entertain people. Sure. Uh, of course, we've got the restaurant, and uh, as I mentioned briefly, we've got uh, the twenty person. Um, uh, Residents down mm-hmm. at the end that we call the flat. That's uh, you know a lot of wedding parties use that, but um, we've got some vacationers in this area as well. So uh, that's on our Facebook as well. That's really cool. We're talking with Bill Walter from uh, Journeyman Distillery. Uh, I wanted to save this for last because we usually ask everybody that we talk to for this uh, podcast. Um, do you have any secrets that you have? Uh, <laughs> maybe it's something that's in the works, or just you know. Something you want to tell us that no one else will know. We promise. We won't yeah, tell anybody. Well, there aren't a lot of people that know about this, but there's a few. They, they ask, well, what's going on in the backyard there? And um, <laughs> if, if you look in back, there's about 23,000 square feet of sand. Okay. And uh, what we're doing there, and, and, and I've often said to people with, with our whiskey and my experiences in Scotland that I've, that I've tried to bring a little piece of Scotland back to Three Oaks here yeah. with the whiskey. Um, so what we're doing out back is we're trying to bring another little piece of Scotland back. And in, in, in St. Andrews, uh, there's a, a putting course. Uh, it was built in the, in the mid-1800s. Okay. Uh, it's about five times the size of what we're doing. Uh, and, and it's basically a place for families to come out, uh, you know, small all the way from small kids to, uh, you know, older folks uh, to come out and kind of, uh, have a family event and uh, the one in St. Andrews it's called the Himalayas and it's uh, uh, it's basically a, a, a few acre wide putting course that uh, is kind of putt putt from the sure. mid 1800s oh that's awesome uh, so that's we're actually building that um, one of my best friends from high school and we played high school golf together and, and, and both Craig and I went on to play golf in college but he studied at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh to okay. become a golf course architect. And he owns a golf course construction company. And he and I are working together to build a 23,000 square foot putting green that wow. will be in the back of the wow. distillery. That's with, awesome. With the idea of, you know, it'll, it'll be a place for families to come out and putt. We'll probably yeah. have tournaments, uh, maybe a league of some sort. Uh, but that's in the works. It's not something we've promoted, um, but it's something that we're really excited about. Well, sign that's me up for that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no I've kidding. always said I'm not a good golfer, but I'm a great putter. I know. Everybody can putt. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can putt. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has just been a, a great experience. And, uh, you know, we still got some drinks on the table. So maybe we, we might gotta, be here a while. We got to take care of these. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. For sure. uh, yeah, thanks. It's the, it's thanks the, for having me. It's the Meet the Makers podcast uh, brought to you by the Makers Trail. You can follow the Makers Trail at makerstrail.org and uh, definitely plan your stop here at Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks and taste their art along the trail. Bring home your favorites and please remember to travel safely. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Meet the Makers. We'd love for you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember, it's all brought to you by the Makers Trail. Plan your route at makerstrail.org.